the earthquake took place a month ago today. It was uh, seven on the Richter scale. It happened slightly to the west of Port-au-Prince, which is um, the main urban centre for this country. And uh, as you know, it was especially devastating for that very concentrated urban area. There were evidently parts of the um, rest of the country that were not actually affected by it, and so some people could move from... Uh, but you'll have seen the photographs, you'll have the impression that the buildings were, and the infrastructure was very inferior anyway, but even the most robust of the buildings were affected. So, for example, the UN uh, headquarters building came down and uh, so forth. In fact, f the figures that you probably know, but uh, let me repeat them, t the latest estimate is that 230,000 people were killed. That's the same number as were killed in all the um, tsunami, I mean, across a lot of different countries whereas this was all in one very concentrated place. The total population of Haiti <coughs> is 9 million, so that's 2.5% of the total population died, and of course in the urban area it would be uh, more a higher proportion of the people in, in the capital than that. It's said that there are um, about 1.5 million of them are now internally displaced, and it's said that there are about 700,000 who are living in the open air, uh, they have no shelter. I mean, tents, you saw pictures of tents, but not everybody's got tents yet. And um, yesterday it rained. That was the first rain coming, tropical rain, coming a month early, um, which was not good news because although some food and some water may be getting to people, sanitation is an extremely serious problem. And when it rains, these is the slums of Port-au-Prince, at any rate, turn into a fetid mud ball, and people are stuck in that. So people who were injured, traumatised, lost their families, lost their limbs and so on, not sheltered from the, from the sun, not properly fed, and so that's the position we're talking about. We're talking about a very terrible tragedy, but we also need, just for a word, to remember that this was a very tragic country before the earthquake struck. This is not a unique uh, thing uh, because Haiti was the 9 million people in Haiti had an average per capita income before of about $500 per capita that's um, the, the, much the poorest country in the western hemisphere the next one up is Bolivia at 1000 the adjoining other half of the island Dominican Republic the per capita income is $2000 so there's a four-to-one ratio between how people live in the other, the eastern half of the island and the western half. And this disaster struck a country which has been independent since the slaves of Haiti rebelled against the French planters in 1804, which has a long, complicated history, some of it glorious and much of it very tragic and, 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 and disappointing. The uh, background, therefore, to the way in which people, uh, the international community, has reacted to this tragedy has to be situated in terms of what was already there. And um, in, from that point of view, I'm just going to say a few words about the different political actors and then a little bit about where that might mean Haiti would go in the future. Um, I can't give you the... In question time, I can explain how it came about. But the, the, the fact of the matter is that in 2004... 
the previous Haitian government, President Aristide, who had been elected uh, in the reasonably democratic elections, was departed. Uh, under great international pressure, the country and the economy in very bad state, having experienced a long period of uh, economic sanctions which aggravated the weaknesses that were there in any case. Uh, once he'd gone, the United Nations came in with a mission for so-called stabilization and assistance of Haiti, MINUSTA. And at the time when the earthquake struck, there were 9,000 uh, blue helmets. The, wind, the, the, army, the Haitian army had been dismantled because of its uh, repressive conduct. The police that had never taken its place, so it was effectively an international force, which has been there since 2004, of 9,000 not Haitians, ma mainly Bra Brazilians, but a number of different nationalities with the Brazilians in the lead, um, uh, responsible for um, maintaining such order and bringing such recovery uh, as was in place before the earthquake struck. The record of Minusta up over those six years is a s subject, again, I'm happy to uh, discuss, but uh, it was a mixed record. Uh, maybe things were getting slightly better, but then in 2008 there were food riots, and the food riots really um, set back, uh, demonstrated that the process of reconstructing Haiti with international support was going to take a lot longer than than the UN had previously expected. So the UN has been under pressure to renew and extend the mandate of MINUSTA. That's been a quite controversial matter. Uh, and it also demonstrated that there was a lot of tension between Haitians living in misery and UN uh, persons uh, employed to look after them who perhaps weren't managing to completely legitimize their activities. Since over the last month, the 9,000 Blue Helmets have been supplemented by 13,000 US Marines coming in. You've seen the helicopters and uh, the familiar heavy lifting. Uh, now, it's important to remember that the coordination between the US Marines and the Minister isn't a straightforward matter. And I think one of the sources of difficulty going forward may be um, how to get the balance between those two things right. Um, the overwhelming priority of the US was to get their forces in and secure, and that meant pushing aside other uh, kinds of um, assistance and putting in place their structures. Um, this raises some anxieties among some people, given, among other things, the fact that Haiti was... Uh, military was occupied by the US Marines as a military um, uh, colony, well, semi colony from 1914 to 1934. So there is a history of US um, occupation of Haiti, which makes it a very sensitive matter. And as I think I mentioned, the, uh, the, um, the fall of the government in 2004 was no doubt largely the fault of the Haitian government and the Haitian politicians, but it was certainly not made any easier by the economic sanctions that were brought to bear against Haiti by, first of all, the Clinton administration and then reinforced by the George W. Bush administration. Um, in fact, you've all heard of the Guantanamo uh, detention facility, and you know that after 2001, uh, terrorists were held there. What you might not know is that the Guantanamo 
facility was originally activated in the same kind of conditions as we know uh, for holding people by the Clinton administration to hold Haitian boat people to prevent the Haitians who were fleeing the poverty and the misery in Haiti from landing on the shores of the United States. Because once they landed on the shores of the United States, they have some legal rights and protections. But if they don't get there, they can be held in a a legal limbo outside U.S. jurisdiction, then uh, the U.S. is sheltered from having to look after them. So, as you can imagine, there's some uneasy... uh, That that history um, means that the relationship between the U.S. and, 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 and the Haitian people are historically problematic. I'm not denying, I'm not trying to deny the importance and the uh, merit of what the US has done uh, since uh, January uh, the 12th. I just need to explain the background because it affects people's attitudes and it affects also the reactions of other international uh, partners, as I'll say. Now, given this adverse background, it's also important to mention that in December 2006, the U.S. Congress did pass a very important act called HOPE II, Haiti Operational... I've forgotten what the last bit of it is, but anyway, it was to bring hope to Haiti by exempting the country from a lot of the um, previous trade and economic difficulties and enabling the garment industries of Haiti to uh, export uh, duty-free to the United States uh, up to an amount which would be gradually grow over time and would, uh, it was calculated enable those factories in mainly the Port-au-Prince area to employ something like 150,000 workers with of course extending employment to families and so on. Now in the wake of the earthquake the uh, UN Secretary General has been uh, looking for uh, the economic strategy for a, a, a future Haiti and uh, Paul Collier who is our friend here in Oxford has been the man who's drawn up the initial proposals which have been endorsed by the UN of course they haven't begun to really operate they do very much follow the formula that uh, the HOPE law um, envisages with an emphasis on uh, decentralisation, shifting population out of the very crowded urban area into uh, 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 less crowded areas Uh, export growth based around garments Improbably, I have to say, tourism. Um, uh, Also, and this is probably the crucial thing that's been missing in the past, efforts to reactivate traditional agriculture. A lot of the reasons why Haitians were in so much difficulties was that the very low quality and uh, traditional small farms on which they were living um, were gradually running down. The land is extremely denuded, eroded, and so forth. And then, as USAID brought in, for example, free rice and so on, the few things that they were able to grow locally were no longer saleable in the domestic market, and people fled from the rural areas. They crowded into Port-au-Prince, or they fled Haiti altogether and went to the United States. Uh, And therefore, they were very vulnerable when when the earthquake struck. Now, in addition to the U.S. and minister, that we also should mention that there's an important overseas Haitian community um, which does send a great deal of money back to their families in Haiti. In fact, in 2004, it was estimated that 52% of Haitian GDP came from remittances. 
Uh, and that uh, community is concentrated in places like Toronto as well as Miami and so on. So there's an important Canadian presence, Haiti being uh, uh, in some ways to some extent a French-speaking country. Quebec, the, the, the French Canadians have a particularly strong uh, involvement there. And they, of course, have a different perspective from the, from the two that I've mentioned. There's also been, uh, since the earthquake, a lot of important efforts made by the Dominican Republic, that's to say the neighbouring country on the other side of the island, which is in a somewhat more prosperous condition, to channel support over land. And the, I think in, in terms of what they've offered, in terms of access to their hospitals and in terms of supplies of food and emergencies and so on, the Dominican Republic's, by all accounts, performed extremely well. But uh, again, while that's true, um, you've got to remember that these are two poor nations side by side on a, a very conflictive island in which the resentments and the fears that, uh, particularly fears of Haitians fleeing from their own country into the Dominican Republic and then providing an underclass which uh, is difficult to manage in the Dominican Republic. Uh, that is uh, a, a constraint on that. It was mentioned that there are a thousand NGOs. A lot of those are European NGOs and the European Union has an important uh, meeting that took place yesterday. We don't yet know the outcome of it but to try and uh, channel uh, aid which... Um, would reflect their point of view. There is also an important Latin American response. The South American countries all met in Quito yesterday, again, with an effort to see what they could do, recognising that this is an outstandingly big tragedy and that um, the, something they need, to, they need to show solidarity with these victims. And finally, it's important to remember that just across the water from Haiti is on the island to the west is Cuba, and that the Cubans also have a presence, even before the earthquake struck, there were 400 Cuban doctors uh, operating in Haiti. They operate in a rather different way from the uh, Western doctors who are being flown in. And, of course, they're rooted in these communities. They have lines of communication back to Cuba, which are by little boats across the, the strait and so on. And there is, uh, frankly, I can answer in questions if you like, a degree of friction and difficulty with the Cubans resenting and objecting to uh, some of the things that they see happening under the... Um, so there's in the background, although the response from different sources has been powerful, uh, it, it, it's been operating in a, in a context in which the administrative and uh, the physical possibilities of reconstruction are extremely uh, constrained and in which there are a lot of background tensions. And this is a country which has gone through repeated cycles of external intervention with promises that now we're going to put things right. When the US intervened in 1914, it was to put things right. When the um, uh, democracy came in 1990, it was believed that was going to put things right. When the um, uh, Aristide was driven out in 2004, it was believed that was going to put things right. In each case, we've seen a short-term uh, fitful uh, attempt to respond, but the underlying deep-rooted uh, problems of the country have not uh, been uh, addressed, and so it's very important to see whether they will be this time. The plans that people are drawing up are, as John mentioned, for 10 years and... Uh, much more ambitious plans and rebuilding 
the entire infrastructure in a different way so that it would co there may be future earthquakes you've got to remember this is a, a very serious earthquake zone so you actually need to build the things in a way which is um, can, can cope with that and that's a very expensive and you've got to remember that 80% of college educated Haitians live abroad so the educated uh, infrastructure the people capable of um, addressing these problems even before the deaths uh, was extremely limited uh, and um, uh, I would also mention that in order to underst you understand the tensions that are there that when the Transparency International ranks countries according to their corruption uh, perception index Haiti before the earthquake was ranked 168th out of the 180 countries under consideration so I'm afraid that that's the reason why this is such a tragedy let me finish with a quote from this book which was nicely plugged by uh, Nairi which uh, this is a chapter by, the by Juan Gabriel Valdez who is the Secretary General to MINUSTA the, U the UN uh, 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 operation and he was describing 2008 when the food riots took place President Preval at that time told the people who came to uh, the OAS essentially that what we need is 30,000 tons of rice, 15,000 tons of wheat, 7,000 tons of oil. This is what we need to survive. That was what he was saying two years ago and before the earthquake struck. And uh, Valdez goes on, the president's plea underlines a central characteristic of the Haitian dynamic. He wrote this before the earthquake. That, that overshadows all efforts to stabilize the country. Misery and inhuman conditions must be addressed first before there is any chance of development. These conditions made it necessary to provide assistance to Haiti on terms that respond to the country's emergency state. It is extremely difficult to build houses while earthquakes are occurring. That's what he said. It's got to be remembered that not only earthquakes occur, but hurricanes occur. And uh, Haiti was badly hit by past hurricanes and in present conditions is very poorly placed to cope with the next hurricane season. Thank you. <laughs>